0: Josh, is it is it recording? Well you could have you could have said it was recording. Hiya! It's Sally here. Uh, <laughs> just a quick one. Just a quick one. You can now rate Say Your Mind Podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcasts. So if you can, do make sure that you do both. I know that some of you are just a little bit lazy. Oh, I can't say that, But why? Why why is it rate? Right? Um, uh, anyway, <laughs> now for the urban intro music. Ha ha ha! It's the Ben's Prunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this <laughs> sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We are going go sipping your Hard time's calling for your long shorts You might learn something, you'll never know let you find, and she's wonderful of kind Don't say you're mine, say you mind. It shall be permanent It shall be permanent what the Lord has done for me. It shall be permanent. It shall be permanent. Hey, it shall be permanent. Hey, the curse I put on you it shall be permanent. (laughs) You thought that was going to be cute. You thought that was going to be lawful. Be prepared. Stay prepared. You know, you know, I'm always going to be ready at any time to move mad. Wow, 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 wow. Anyway, it is me, Kalechi in a blood clot place to be, and this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What, that's right, Suck Your Mum, and many people sucked their mothers last week, and you know it needed to be done, iconic episode, one for the ages, my god, the listenership was through the roof, the most listens of any episode ever, why? Because sometimes you have to let people know not to take you for idiot, And, you know, the spirit guides were with me, spirit was with me, and what needed to be done was, in fact, done. So, yeah, I'm back for another week, um, of many, many things. Jesse, get off your burner, because if I, if I catch my name in your mouth again, I will double up on those curses. Don't worry about my tarot cards, yeah? Just face, keep your eyeballs facing one direction, focus on that. Um... But yeah yeah anyway I'm back and back and back and back um many mixed reactions to um last week's episode all pretty much great um people told me of some people who were like oh you can't just be wishing for people's downfall publicly of course not because you lot like to do it privately don't you and look for their trouble privately you fucking demons um I'm not like that if you and it I mean we'll talk about it later but I just think it's interesting how People can come at women mad, black women mad constantly. And then a black woman retaliates. And it's like, oh no, you shouldn't have done that because that's so, that was so uh, disproportionate. That was so uncalled for. Of course, this wasn't, I'm talking about literally a handful of people, but fuck your feelings. What was done was done because next time people will stay in their lane. How can you now be talking about, oh, well, people are sharing that guy's um, trad wedding photos, although I do not condone that and they're showing that guy's trad wedding photos, they're doing this, they're doing that, however he decides to react, he, you know, nobody can hold him accountable, you know, however he decides to react, oh, that's interesting, so when people post pictures of your family, even if you've put those pictures out there, you're not allowed to react when you can see that they're trying to use it with malicious intent, is that what you're saying, is that what you're saying, you ugly bugglies, is that what you're saying, Because that would therefore be the very basis upon which I dealt with all of your clarts. But it's interesting how it's one rule for guys and then it's a different rule for me. Oh, she's got so much time to complain about black men and then white men are right there. You clearly don't listen to the podcast. You clearly don't follow me enough to know what I'm actually talking about. And when I did now make a Twitter space that was hugely successful, talking about uh, Tim Westwood, which we'll talk about later on. You were the same nasty, decrepit souls that were on your burners, posting pictures from my baby shower that I put on Instagram stories. And I need you to take a moment with that. I put a picture on my Instagram stories during my baby shower, and one of you disgusting, obsessive, weirdos screenshotted it. And then now you're posting it. While we're having a conversation about Tim Westwood and the abuse that black girls have been subjected to. So clearly you don't care care about black girls and black women, which is what which was the point I was making in the first place. Because if you did, you wouldn't be doing that. But also, let's just deep that Lev is going to be three this year. Lev is going to be three this year. And while he was still a tenant in my uterus, you took a picture You took a screenshot of a picture and kept it for all of that time. When I say you lot are obsessed with me, I mean it. You kept a picture for how many years? Nah, you lot love me. You love me. You I always say like I don't have enemies. I don't really have haters. I don't believe in haters really. I just have confused admirers because when I don't like somebody, let me tell you something. They no longer exist to me. In fact, Last week, I was asked about a project that sounded really, really cool. But the person that would be doing it, one of the people that would be doing it, after how mad they moved online in 2020 towards me and Rihanna, I said, me? Never. Even though since that time, I've had to be in like close, pro- like close proximity to them when I've been at like a, uh, a friend's event or whatever. Has Pim come out of my mouth to talk to them? No. But so if I would, I don't see myself then actively putting myself in a situation where I'd have to do something with them, like work with them. No, people just don't exist to me anymore once I decide I don't like them. So I don't get you people who you swear you don't like someone, but you've got so many screenshots of their life saved on your phone. Like you're watching everything that they do from a burner. You're you're a failure. You're a failure. Like you failed at life. You failed at life. Like, God gave you an opportunity to come here and make something of yourself. And you said, you know what? I'd rather not. And that is a very sad state of affairs. But I just thought I'd get that off my chest, really. If you can hear, the podcast sounds slightly different because I'm in Nigeria. Came here to come and do some bits for the children's home because I've got to stay on top of that. But, um, yeah, I'll be heading back very soon. It's so weird being away from Lev, but my little Baba. But, you know, there's there's work to be done. There's work to be done. All in the name of making um, a world that I feel like would be better for him. So, yeah, I'm in Nigeria. It's been cool. It's been really, really cool. Um, Mercury's in its pre retrograde shadow. Um, So like Taurus, the Taurus, sorry, the um, eclipse in Taurus is happening as I'm recording this. So I'm feeling it. I went to an event with my mum and, like, it took me ages to get there because two cars broke down that were taking me there. And then finally, um, one of the, uh, is it Bolt, took me, finally got me there. After 20 minutes, I was like, nah, I'm going. I'm over this. I need to get to my hotel and record the podcast. And, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing now, basically. Got my braids done while I was over here, like, extra long braids. They were meant to be knotless and... I don't, I'm not less, I chose because it's meant to be less tension on your hair, like it's not meant to feel so, like sore. But I don't know what it is with Nigerian women and their fucking fingers, because my head is sore, and I can't even do anything about it because I gave my paracetamol to um one of the drivers I had yesterday because he needed it, and my head is sore. And you know the whole time you're telling them, can you not do it tightly? Oh no, ma, it won't be tight. Uh, no ma, no ma, don't worry ma, it won't be tight. And now I'm here and my head screaming, my scalp's screaming, my scalp wants freedom, God, anyway, it's cute to be able to have something a little bit different while I've got my locks in, and the 4th, May the 4th, May the 4th be with you, um, May the 4th will be the one year since I got my locks done, like, since I started my micro locks journey, and it's been real, you know, it's been really, really real, seeing myself as beautiful in another way, um and of course typical me fashion um the way i commemorate that is getting super long braids on the anniversary of it but it just goes to show the versatility of having micro locks in it um so yeah anyway let's get to the tarot let me stop talking because i want to actually get out of here in time to go and have some dinner because i didn't stay at the event with my mum um so i want to go and eat um after recording this and there's some nice restaurants in the hotel that i'm at so need to go and get myself some food um let's see tarot let's start with the tarot then so we've got a letter this letter I'll start with um hi Kolechi. first off thank you for everything you do I have a question since I don't really know what to do at this point in my life my experiences in companies since finishing my bachelor's have been horrible i have changed jobs twice already and i don't know if looking for a new job is worth it or should i just change careers i would also like to start something on my own but i don't feel like i have the proper network to start thank you and greetings from germany hi hello is that how you say in german Hello, hello probably not um, I should know German actually So I don't know why I'm doing that But all of it's gone out of my head All I know is um, Ich habe viele Lebens, No, ich habe viele wichtige Leute in meine Lebens Aber meine beste Freundin ist Minky I only remember that Because that was part of my 16 Um, my GCSE's German when I was 16 Probably fucked it up, the Germans are like nine, nine. Can you still, can you count to 10 in German? I can 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 I just There was no need for that But I just felt I could share Um, Was my accent good? Anyway, sorry We're focusing on this person's question About what they should be doing In terms of their career Because they haven't really liked anything Since um, they finished their bachelors And they want to know whether they should just go it alone And see what comes from that. I'm sure the shuffling sound must have so many people triggered Well specific person triggered from last week's episode. Dum dum dum. Next time don't play your don't play with your life. Don't play with your life. Um okay, we've got one card out. Um spirit can I have more cards? Please. I know that there are some new listeners now after that, but don't worry, not every week is you know a superior dragging and messy just the amount of people that listened to that episode just showed me how messy people are like people love mess Um, I mean I love mess I love a little bit of mess too none of us are above mess do you get me um let's see what this says at least one more card please spirit okay okay let's see what we've got Okay. Okay. okay 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 Alright, so we've got the Four of Pentacles, we've got the Two of Swords, we've got the... Why's my watch going off? Okay. We've got the Four of Pentacles, the Two of Swords, and we've got the Five of Pentacles, and we've got the Ten of Pentacles. Really interesting. Very earthy energy with a little piece of air. Let me just... Oh, the Chinese reading for this week is out. That's great. Anyway, let's turn this off. My Apple Watch is just doing a madness. Um... Very interesting cards we've got here, even when I was reading your letter, I thought, mm, I think I know what the answer's gonna be from spirit, but always have to pull cards to be told in it? You have to wait. I don't know what your human design type is. I'm only just learning about human design basically, but um, what I gather is like there's some people who need to wait, wait to be invited to the next thing. Wait. Like If you're going to do something on your own, maybe wait to be invited to do that thing. Maybe somebody gives you an idea that sparks something. Um, Wait is the very clear message I see here. Four of pentacles, you know, they've got two feet on coins and they sat down and they've got one coin across their chest and they've got one coin coin above their head. And then the two of swords, the image here, they're sat down as well. This time their legs are crossed, they're wearing white. And their arms across the, across their chest while they're holding two swords and they've got the moon in the background with lots of water behind them. What I'm getting from this is like, when I looked at, look at the four of pentacles, you don't know what you want because it feels like at the moment your priority is money. And I'm, that's not a judgment. That's not me judging you. Like that's a reality for a lot of us in this society, in it? Like in this capitalist society, we have to put, sometimes we put money above what it is that will bring us true fulfillment. And so with this coin over their heart, with this coin above their head, all I'm thinking is like, you don't even really know what you want because money is still clouding your judgment. And if you're in survival mode, it's much harder to know what it is that you're truly trying to aspire towards. So one of the exercises that I think would be great for you to do is that, I mean, it doesn't alleviate, you know, having, um, you know, financial kind of like, constraints and stuff but ask yourself if somebody texted you right now and said I can give you all the money you want to do anything that you want what is it that you'd want to do because sometimes you find that when you're asked that question what might come to you is like I don't know and so that the that I don't know is also an answer the, oh, you know what, bitch, you know what I would do? That's also an answer. You know, so th- these are the things that you need to consider. If things were to change right now, what would you want to do? what Where do you see yourself? Or how do you visualize yourself living? Like, if you can imagine the optimal version of you right now, what are they doing? What are they wearing? Where are they living? What do they like to eat? What do they like to drink? Who are they surrounded by? Those are the things that you need to start considering. Try start to start trying to see the life that you're trying to move towards because that will help a little bit. Because right now the you're unable to have the ideas or figure out the ideas of what's going to take you forward because we've got the five of pentacles here in reverse. You're so scared of this um of poverty. You're so scared of lack that it makes it so hard for you to open a part of your brain or, um, or engage with the part of your brain of your heart that, that knows what it wants, that knows what it's here to do. But you shouldn't be in that state because we've got the 10 of pentacles here. You're endlessly abundant. There's so much available to you. I think within you, there's so much available to you. So many, like if we're talking about money, money money-making ideas, but sometimes it sounds counterintuitive, but sometimes to make money, you have to not think about it, like, you have to just, and I'm not saying this on some woo-woo shit, like, where people are actually going, you know, people are actually going through poverty and things like that, but I'm saying, like, if you make your money your priority in certain situations, the amount of money that is possible for you to make, you're not actually going to make that amount of money, you're going to make money, but it won't be the amount that you can truly make, because there's still a rigidity to how you operate, you have to relax. You have to stop thinking about it so much and focus on what is, it, what is it that you want? Because when you truly want something, your frequency changes and you're able to kind of operate in a way that allows you to actually, in the grand scheme of things, attract way more financial abundance than just when you're kind of like going through the motions, going through the motions. What do you want? What do you want? That's what I'm asking you. And that's what you need to ask yourself. What do you want? And go from there. That's the message. Nice and short. I pray it resonates with you. So um, let's get to share your magnificence. I've got um, a few letters, I believe. Okay, so let's go to this one um you all sent me so many lovely letters last week after listening to the episode thank you um dear Kolechi. it's mulan i'm so sorry i didn't provide any kind of update to let you know i'm well i felt guilty about oversharing and offloading in 2020 in hindsight, a simple thank you would have been sufficient. Thank you for your simple but touching response. You are my se- share your magnificence. I've been meaning to write in to say thank you. Thank you for being you and without apology. You thrive within the categories of iconic and excellence. Thank you. You have the range, the beauty and the articulation to bring out every emotion within a nation of people. I am so grateful you exist. This has been sitting in my draft for ages because I really haven't known how to put into words how much you have literally saved my life. During 2020, 2021, you really helped me to stay hopeful and grounded. Thank you for the recommendations to Leona, Synchronized Souls, Chris Corsini and the Sagittarian Mind. I was also in counselling. I signed up to better help again, although I didn't find the right therapist for me on this occasion. I know the platform can be a positive experience. I'm still experiencing cyber stalking and the smear campaign has been rife, but I feel safe within myself, which I'm not sure I've ever felt before. I'm grateful for the experience. It taught me more about myself and in the process, my self-esteem and self-value has developed. I'm even grateful for endo endometriosis. That is, which informed me um, um, that I disassociated from dissociated from my body a lot. The healing continues. Thank you for your guidance for all of your, um, for all of your listeners. It resonates so much. I was able to connect with my ancestors and work on protecting myself too. You deserve a daily shout out and money for the energy you put into SYM. It has been thoroughly enjoyable to hear your passion for Start Your Motors. I pray you receive your bends and the passion for F1 brings you more opportunities in abundance. The role you desire is coming. Amen. It's bigger than you could ever imagine. Amen. I'm already so happy for you. Thank you, baby. Also, Sadiq was a beautiful addition to the podcast. He is also visibly so stunning. Beauty flows within your family. But but. Thank you for making me care less about what others think. I don't know what's being said, shared, etc. But I know who I am and who I am not. Those who are for me also know this. Keep up with VPN, PIN 1 and 2 protection on your SIM and contract password uh, protection. Thank you for Say Your Mind podcast. We must protect you at all costs. Sending love and peace to you and your family. Mulan. Thank you, my baby love. Thank you. That's such a beautiful message. I'm glad that you're well because you literally just like disappeared. So I'm glad that you're well. Thank you so much for writing in. I'm sending you all of the love. I appreciate you. Um, The next Share Your Magnificence I've got here says, Dear Kalechi, I listen every week and have never once not enjoyed an episode. The way you handle topics is unrivaled within media. I would like to send a Share Your Magnificence in for Vilma Jackson, who is once again doing the work in the deaf community, opening up conversation about race and the particular place that it holds within the sign language user community. She's raising funds for her new film, The Cycle, a film about a black deaf woman trapped in a domestic violence situation. And when help arrives, everything is not all it seems. Vilma is a self-starter whose work I admire greatly. I know that getting traction and funding for this film will be a great challenge due to pervasive attitudes towards not only deafness and sign language, but how the community understands racism in relation to itself and the restrictions that deaf commissioners face when funding work. If you could please share the Kickstarter link for the cycle, I believe you can help her to reach her target and get her closer to making this film a reality. Thanks and admiration. So I'm going to um, add that Kickstarter link to the episode so we can all support. Um, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful cause. And I think that's a brilliant thing to be doing. So two slaps on your chest, Muline. Two slaps to um, Vilma and to the person that sent this letter in for you to... I need to stop slapping my chest. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, my share of magnificence goes out to the reporters who broke the story about Tim Westwood being who Tim Westwood... Being the person we've always said Tim Westwood is. Um, Very important. Because, my God, um, things have really gone down. So if you've missed it, there is a documentary out on BBC Three. You can watch it on BBC iPlayer now um, about Tim Westwood. It's called Tim Westwood Abuse of Power. I think it's, the, it's what it's called. It's really important. It's super important because it talks... Um, they There are seven women who were interviewed about... Um, in, uh, interactions and experiences that they've had with Tim Westwood, all of which are wildly wrong. It says here, DJ Tim Westwood accused of sexual misconduct by Chichi Izundu, Big Up Yourself, and Ruth Evans. Um, they worked on this um, on this investigation with uh, The Guardian as well. I think it's Alex Topping and um, somebody else, I'm going to find their name, that they worked on this together to break this story together. It says here, DJ Tim Westwood is facing multiple allegations of sexual misconduct by women who say he abused his position in the music industry to exploit them. The 64-year-old is accused of predatory and unwanted sexual behavior and touching in incidents between 1992 and 2017. The BBC and The Guardian have heard detailed accounts from seven women in a joint investigation into the former BBC Radio 1 DJ. He strenuously denies the allegations. Um, Of course he would. Um, The DJ was an early champion of hip-hop in the UK and hosted the first nationally broadcast rap show on UK radio from 1994. The seven women who spoke to the BBC are all black and say they met Westwood through his work. Some of them accused the DJ of abusing his power within the music industry. The women tell their stories in a BBC3 documentary, Tim Westwood, Abuse of Power. Um, it's now um, on iPlayer. Two of them, who were aspiring to work in the industry, say they agreed to come to London to meet him to discuss music. They accused the DJ of driving them to a flat and initiating unwanted and unexpected sex. I should probably put a trigger warning at that point if you want to skip ahead to... Um, So you mad. Um, Unexpected sex is very funny way of saying rape. But anyway, one was 19 at the time, while Westwood was 53. Another woman told the BBC she met Westwood when then um, in his mid thirties when she was 17 and a member of an R&B group. She said she was subjected to an unwanted um, to unwanted oral sex after agreeing to meet him. Four further young women accused the DJ of either touching their bottoms or breasts as they posed for photographs with him at different events where he was performing. The women, whose names have been changed to protect their identities, do not know each other. Some work in the music industry and fear repercussions. With the DJ continuing to have a prominent role in an industry long criticised um, in an industry long criticised for its treatment of darker-skinned black women. Allegations about Westwood's behaviour towards young black women have circulated on social media for some time. In 2020, Westwood issued a statement to the Mail Online hitting out at the fabricated, uh, fabricated allegations and said they were false and without foundation. Now for the first time following our investigation, women detail their experiences. When Isabel discovered Tim Westwood was DJing at her local nightclub, she spotted a chance to have her music heard by someone influential. She was 19 and had already been getting studio time featuring on rappers tracks as a vocalist. Isabel was young when she realized she could sing. During her strict religious religious upbringing in the Midlands in the early 2000s, contemporary music was banned at home but she spent Sundays singing gospel in church. Secretly, however, she would write her own music and dream of a future as a recording artist. By 2010, when she was a university student, she was uh, continuing to pursue a career in music. She knew a national platform like BBC Radio 1 would take her to the next level. Tim Westwood was the main gatekeeper to get the level of exposure I needed, she says. Isabel put together a mixtape of unreleased work and uh, and included her contact details inside the CD case. Her best friend together with her stepmom went to the club night with her. They managed to hand the CD to Westwood and Isabel says the DJ then 53 called her the next day. The two arranged to meet in London. Her family and friends shared her excitement. We were thinking that this is a really good lead at this point. He wants to act on this quickly. Within days, she was on a train to London for an afternoon meeting. Isabel says the plan was to meet at Nike Town on Oxford Street near BBC Radio 1 Studios. She says Westwood was there waiting in a huge american Star car. Isabel assumed they were going to talk about her music over a coffee or a drink, a point she wishes she had clarified. I, didn't, I don't ask where we're going. And then at this point we start driving, she recalls. But she says her discomfort grew as she realized they were heading out of central London. This is where I'm now like, oh God, where are we going? What's happening? She says the conversation dried up to the point where it was almost menacingly silent. She alleges at one point in the journey, the DJ tapped her arm to get her to turn and see that he had undone his trousers and had exposed these genitals. I've looked and I've seen and I'm like, oh no, oh no, like, oh my God, just don't say anything, don't look, don't say anything, and I'm hoping that's enough for him to just not. Isabel says she felt completely powerless and very, very scared. She says they eventually arrived at what she believes was Westwood's flat. She remembers it being filled with lots of records. She says she was led to a room where she refused an offer of a drink. He leaves the room and then he comes back completely naked, she alleges. That's when I noticed that he's got he has got a condom and that he has removed it from the wrapper and started putting it on. Isabel says she recognized the condom packet. It had the DJ's face on one side, part of a campaign Westwood did with Durex. I remembered um, I remember that very vividly because I remember that was kind of when my brain also started to shut down. Isabel describes sitting in a chair frozen with fear. She says Westwood held her shoulders and turned her around. I knew what was going to happen at this point. So I'm just like, oh my God. And I remember being like hunched up and like holding onto the back of the chair, like scared. He almost like tapped me on the back of my leg as if he wanted me to move my leg, which I didn't do. And then he sort of did. Um, Westwood then penetrated her. She says that after he finished, she quickly got dressed and sat waiting to leave. She says the DJ seemed annoyed that she asked for a lift to the station. Isabel recalls going over and over the experience on what felt like a really long journey back north. I just remember feeling so deflated, so sad, feeling really ashamed of myself and bad. She says the encounter led her to drop out from her studies and music career. Isabel's stepmom told the BBC the whole family had been excited about Isabel's chance at a breakthrough, but she knew instinctively um, that something had happened when Isabel got home and wouldn't talk about the meeting. But she says that after she heard Isabel's account, um, what she say? After she heard Isabel's account, she felt guilty for not chaperoning her, and says so she cried. She says she cried when Isabel disclosed that her um, her silence was in part over her worries her family would be disappointed in her. Like others, the BBC spoke to, Isabel became aware in 2020 of allegations made and being made by women on social media, alleging misconduct by Westwood. Um this goes on and on. I don't want to keep reading it, but I'll I'll put the link to this BBC article so you can read it for yourself. And I'll also put the link to the um, BBC iPlayer where you can watch the documentary because it's super important that as many of us watch it as possible and that we keep talking about it because black girls need to be protected. Black girls will always, 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 be my share your magnificence. Black girls and black women will always be my share your magnificence. And for that reason, I mean, usually I'd put this sort of story further down in like the topics, but big up the reporters who managed to get this story over the line, because let me tell you, 2020 in the midst of coming in and out of lockdown, I was filming um, a documentary about Westwood with another TV uh, channel, um, you know, another news channel. And they couldn't get it over the line because they couldn't get enough people and it was so frustrating and heartbreaking. So I'm glad that this happened because the reason they couldn't get it over the line is because of editorial policy. And you know, in terms of legality, you want to make sure that you're covered in all regards, in case the person that you're talking about, even though you know you know that they've done that they've done that thing, they can sue and be like, you don't have enough proof. We're gonna talk about that in a bit actually. Um and then everything's fucked you know then everything is fucked and so that's where we found ourselves where there's somebody with um, a very 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 chilling encounter um with Westwood um that isn't in any of these and her story also needs to be heard but it was the fact that getting it over the line was just so so difficult so I'm glad that somebody finally did and I'm glad that it was happening it happened when did it happen I think, because Chani Nicholas has been talking to us about the demon star, Algol, the blinking star, and how it plays such a role um, at this time, and how it's representative of, like, Medusa's head, Um And then so we're going to have to think about the violence inflicted upon women and have conversations around that. And as we're having that interaction, planetary interaction with Gore, boom, this happens with um, Westwood. And so I'm glad, I'm glad that, you know, the conversation is finally happening. And now I just want cuffs. I want cuffs, cuffs, cuffs. If you refuse to um, retire and go and and get your pension and leave uh, black girls alone, one way or another, you'll be smelling that jail cell, is what I'm hoping, um, so big up yourselves to the reporters, uh, Chi Chi and, um, Alexandra and Ruth and the other person that's gone out of my head, two slaps on your chest for getting this story over the line, for doing all of the investigative, um, like, robust, um, work, because finally, 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 we can talk about this pussy clerk. so thank you so much for that, um, so I'll stop that there for show your magnificence and then we'll jump to um, well I'll big up the first of this week's show sponsors and um, say her name and then we'll jump to so you mad this podcast is sponsored by say her name by Drda say Mitchell and Ryan Carter it's a book that's available from um, it's been available from the first of April actually in ebook audiobook and paperback edition it's a chilling thriller um, from the best-selling authors of spare room and the Uh, premise of it is that one woman goes in search of her past and what she finds is the darkest side of humanity the book is available on amazon.co.uk forward slash sym so that's amazon.co.uk forward slash sym and if you have a kindle unlimited subscription say her name is available at no additional cost as part of your subscription um so, do go and check it out um, ava is um, has only ever known Cherry and Carlton McNeil as um, her only parents, um, and you know she 's always been happy but when once um, but when she 's dealt the blow of one of her parents dying, that's Cherry, She and then she gets like suspended from work, she decides that she's going to try and discover more about herself, and so she finds a DNA match, and then basically just ends up um, going on this search to find more about her identity, but then she ends up finding out that there are people, there are black women out there who have just disappeared um, without a word, and no search parties have been sent out for them, and all of that stuff. So she really starts to see what life is like um, for people who weren't, you know, um, adopted and, um, you know, kind of saved from the life that she was so close to having, but, you know, is experiencing in this way. So do check out the book. Do let me know how you get on when you're um, reading it, listening to it, all of that good stuff. Um, That's amazon.co.uk forward slash SYM to check out Say Her Name by Adrida Say Mitchell and um, Ryan Carter um, yeah, brilliant, so anyway, let's then get on with um, So You Mad, so So You Mad this week, I like to keep it nice and swift, I was really sad to see people's reaction to Megan The Stallion's interview with Gail King, where she talked about um, that short devil shooting her, Tory Lane's. Um yeah, it was really sad to kind of see all of that emotion from her and people still being like, well, we don't know if he did it. No, no, no. We actually do know that he did it. But it's just the lack of empathy that people have for someone like um, Megan. Because what, she's tall, she's pretty, she's talented, um, she looks confident. All of these things, is just like, well, no, you're not deserving of sympathy. And so it's interesting because like just before this, I was talking about that, um, that novel, Say Her Name. It's just like violence happens to black women. And people are just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, what did you do? Same with when I was just talking about Tim Westwood. I'm just putting my hair up. People will be like, oh, yeah, you know, what did they do? Maybe they shouldn't have been there. That fucking idiot, is it Lynn May, that was tweeting, saying, oh, when it comes to the Tim Westwood thing, maybe these girls are entering into the clubs with fake IDs. So how is he meant to know? No, he knew because there are certain accounts of him rolling up to people's youth clubs when they're celebrating their 16th birthdays at his big, big age, he knew, but you want to just, for the sake of being a contrarian, you just want to come and open your stupid mouth to say stupid things, disgusting, but, you know, I felt it for Megan, I felt it for Megan, and I just want um, more support around her, I want more love around her, like, to lose both of her parents, and just to have the world be such a hostile place, is just not fair, it's really, really not fair, so people, yeah, it was just wild to see that, to feel all of that emotion coming out of her and, you know, her expressing all of those things and the fear that she felt and the, you know, conflicted nature of still not wanting to, you know, knowing how the police would behave towards a black man. Like, imagine somebody shot up your foot and even then you're still considering their well-being. That That is the very real reality for so many black women subjected to violence by certain black men. That even then you're still like, I don't want these authorities to do you harm, even though right in that moment he's doing you harm, wild. Um, The other story that I saw that was um, interesting to me is the YouTuber parents who wouldn't stop filming their teen daughter's life, so she got their family channel demonetized. It says here, family YouTube channel who ignored their daughter's request to take down videos of her have been hit with some sweet social media justice after mass reports led to their uploads being demonetized. The 17-year-old daughter, whose identity remains unknown, shared the story on the popular Am I the Asshole?" Reddit page on Friday asking fellow users to pass judgment on whether she is the asshole for posting online about my family YouTube channel and how I don't want um, to be filmed. In the post she wrote, the channel started when I was 13 and I'm now 17. At first I went along with the YouTube channel because it seemed fun and I didn't expect it to get big but it kind of did and also other stuff that happened made me see that it's a bad idea. When I've been getting older, I get creepy comments and harassed online and I feel like I can't relax at home when home is a content farm. I've argued with my family a lot. They agreed to stop making me the subject of videos and so many family photos and videos for the family end up online. So I feel like I'm still in videos about as much as my siblings. They argue saying that they were just filming my siblings and I was around. Of course, I'm around. I live there. Also, they won't take down old videos because because there's ad revenue. With her mum and dad refusing to honour her request, the teen decided to take matters into her own hands by making her own Instagram and TikTok accounts to call out the YouTube channel. She told the viewers, I'm the girl from the uh-uh family blogging channel. I'm not comfortable with my life being used for internet content and I don't consent to being filmed at my home or living my life. If you see any videos or photos of me other than this one, please understand that I did not consent. I want to live a private life without harassment and without being content farmed in my own home. So if you did ever watch these videos, would you please unsubscribe and report any content you see of me online? I've been reporting everything I can, both for my own sake and for the sake of my little brother and sister who are too young to meaningfully consent to this. As well as the 17-year-old featuring in the videos, the teen revealed to Reddit, that she has two siblings, aged seven and nine, who were also filmed for the channel. Yet it wasn't long after making the Instagram and TikTok videos calling out her parents that things changed for the family channel, as their content was soon demonetized and prevented from making any advertising revenue on its videos. People must have uh, reported the videos, the teenager suggested, adding that her parents turned off comments on the channel after users began commenting about her video calling them out. She added, they're furious at me for affecting their income and I yelled at them that they need to grow up and get real job that doesn't depend on family, uh, on, that doesn't depend on filming their children for the internet. That's creepy as shit and also child labour is illegal. They need to have jobs that don't involve me. My mum got, got angry saying that there were other ways to work stuff out that wouldn't get the channel demonetized. and I said I tried them but they wouldn't take down the videos themselves. Revealing that she 's been grounded for making the video, she concludes by asking commenters if she was the asshole for posting online about not wanting to be a part of the family vlog content farm. Their response was unanimous with one writing her parents should have listened to you in the first place. you deserve safety and peace in your home and life, and there needs to be and then their need to make money off you without your consent does not outweigh your need for mental health not the asshole. they added. Another responded, child exploitation is not okay. And if a child says they do not consent to being in a video, then they should not be in videos. Move out when you get a chance When you slash when you turn 18. Your parents are using you and your siblings for monetary gains. While being a YouTuber can be a career and people can make a lot of money from it, should not, um, it should not come at the exploitation of those who do not willingly wish to be in it, at least in my opinion. Under YouTube's child safety policy, content uh, which features cyberbullying and harassment involving minors is not allowed, including recording someone without their consent. You know what? Get it. Go off work because baby girl said, I am tired. I don't want any more. Baby girl said, give us free. Give us free. She did not want to do it anymore. And I get it. You know, and that's part of the reason that I don't even put Lev online. Firstly, because people are weirdos. If you're saving a picture, a picture of me from a baby shower, Lev's baby shower, and he's almost three years old, you fucking weirdo, what would you be doing if you you had pictures of, like, him properly? People are sick. People are sick. And you'll just be scrolling, like, as much as, like, yeah, we all use, you know, like, these gifts and and, like, memes um, of children, I'm just like, but, you know, the more I think about it, I'm like, that's somebody's child, that's just been memified across the internet, nah, nah, like, years from now, like, that's what you'll be known for, there'll just be a generation of children who, their faces have travelled the world, because their parents were like, yeah, I want to share my family life, and again, I'm not knocking it, like, do what you're doing, but, also bearing in mind that these children have not consented to this. And even if you ask like a young, young, young child, yeah, you know what, fine. if Because I don't want to take away like, you know, the little baby's rights as well. Like you might ask your young child, like, are you okay with this? I'm going to put it out and lots of people are going to see it. Even though I don't believe that they might have a full grasp of what you're saying, at least you're asking them whether they want to be in these things. Because it just seems wild to me. I would... I'm thinking about me like what if I'd grown up and my face was just everywhere because my parents decided that that's what they wanted like is there a point where they can take it down but then the internet kind of like lives forever in it and uh, but in this particular case if we put all of that to the side and said you know what it's fine let families do what they want you know and I support that I totally support that do you know do what works for you as a family especially if, you know, you're like, you know what, this is the way that we want to get our money up, and this is what works for us. Yeah, do you. But once you have a child that says, I don't want to be a part of this, then I believe that it's at that point that you respect their wishes, because as they grow older, comments are going to change about them, and that's just not fair to expose them to that. So, yeah, you know, like I said, I see it, I get it, fine. Um, My next um, story, I actually saw as I was about to record this episode, which is wild, isn't it? Um, it says here, Noel Clark is um, sues BAFTA for defamation. If you remember, Noel Clark last year, was it, was accused by 20 women of sexual harassment. It says here, Actor Noel Clark is suing BAFTA for defamation following the Academy's decision to suspend his membership following allegations of his sexual harassment and bullying. Um, it says here The Sunday Times reports that the actor and writer filed his suit in London's High Court last week. BAFTA last year awarded Clark an award for outstanding contribution to British cinema but made the decision to suspend the award after the Guardian newspaper published a report including claims by 20 women of abuse, bullying and harassment, all of which Clark denied. His lawsuit comes after the Metropolitan Police's decision last month to suspend their investigation into the allegation, saying they had determined the information would not meet the threshold for criminal investigation. I'm going to read that bit again because I believe it's super important. Listen carefully. His lawsuit comes after the Metropolitan Police's decision last month to suspend their investigation into the allegations, saying they had determined the information would not meet the threshold for a criminal investigation. Hmm. In response to his lawsuit, a BAFTA spokesperson said, a year ago, BAFTA was transparent about what led to Mr. Clark's award and membership being suspended following serious accusations of groping, harassment, and bullying by 20 women published by The Guardian. We stand by our decision and are very surprised by the news he now wishes to sue the arts charity. If proceedings are served, we will, of course, defend ourselves. Clark is also suing The Guardian Media Group and Condé Nast, the owner of GQ magazine, which ran an interview with the two journalists who broke the story. If you ever wonder why people or um, survivors of assault, victims of assault, sexual assault, don't come forward, this is exactly why. Take me to court, but I will say what I need to say in this rascal place. This is exactly why victims of sexual assault do not come forward. When people are always like, oh, why are they coming forward now? Why didn't they say anything sooner? You fucking cunt. This is exactly why they don't say anything sooner, because... um. The criminal justice system, like, doesn't serve victims of sexual assault. It doesn't protect them. It doesn't look after them once they say that this is what's happened. So just because the investigation did not meet the threshold or whatever, um, the, what they say, the accusations did not meet the threshold for a criminal investigation, doesn't mean anything other than, in my opinion that the system is set up in such a way that it's very, very difficult to meet that threshold. But what you've done, because there was proof, is still, still disgusting. I just want to make that clear right now. Wild. And it's even more wild that somebody can have the vim and the effing tree and the goal to be like, yeah, and I'm suing everybody that covered it, you're not necessarily coming out as innocent, my G, but okay, okay, innit, but I don't want to hear anybody ask ever again why why um, survivors of this stuff do not come forward, don't ever ask again when you're seeing how, especially the Metropolitan Police, you motherfuckers, truly, the same ones that didn't even want to investigate a party that was unlawful at 10, or the parties that were unlawful at 10 Downing Street, you want me to take your word for the fact that these ac- um, these accusations did not meet the threshold? Suck out. It's not even straw of the week yet, but you just suck out. Wild. Absolutely wild. Absolutely wild and very, very disappointing. But I just thought I'd put that in there because I saw it literally as I was about to re- um, record. I saw it on Twitter and guess who's buying Twitter? Elon Musk. Elon Musk strikes deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion. Mr. Musk, who uh, made the shop bid less than two weeks ago, or more than two weeks ago now, said Twitter had tremendous potential that he would unlock. He also called for a series of changes from relaxing its content restrictions to eradicating fake accounts. The firm initially rebuffed Mr. Musk's bid, But it will now ask shareholders to vote to approve the deal. I think it's gone through by now. I could be wrong. Mr. Musk is the world's richest person, according to Forbes magazine, with an estimated net worth of $273 billion, mostly due to his shareholding in electric vehicle maker Tesla, which he runs. He also leads the aerospace firm SpaceX. Free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated, Mr. Musk said in a statement announcing the deal. I also want to make Twitter better than ever by enhancing the product with new features, making the algorithms open source to increase trust, defeating the spam bots and authenticating all humans, he added. Twitter has tremendous potential. I look forward to working with the company and the community of users to unlock it. Um, The move comes as Twitter faces growing pressure from politicians and regulators over the content that appears on its platform. It has drawn critics from left and right over its efforts to mediate misinformation on the platform. In one of its most high-profile moves last year, it banned former US uh, President Donald Trump, perhaps its most powerful user, citing the risk of incitement of violence. At the time, Mr. Musk observed, a lot of people are going to be super unhappy with West Coast high-tech as the de facto arbiter of free speech. News of the takeover has been shared by the right in the US, although Mr. Trump on Monday told Fox News he had no plans to rejoin the platform. The White House declined to comment on the takeover, but uh, spokesperson Jen Psaki told reporters... No matter who owns or runs Twitter, the president has long been concerned about the power of large social media platforms. On Twitter, MP Julian Knight, chairman of the UK's Digital Culture, Media and Sport Committee, called the deal an extraordinary development in the world of social media. It will be interesting to see how a privately owned Twitter, run by a man who is an um, absolutist over free speech, will react to global moves to regulate. Um, It's just interesting to me, um that this is happening. Apartheid Elon, you know, man like apartheid Elon, man like emerald Elon, because his family has an emerald mine, don't they? That's how they got their money. Because people like to say, oh, no, you know, it's Tesla and SpaceX. No, no, no. You're from an apartheid family. Like they benefited from that. In South Africa, somebody wrote he's the first African American or whatever um, to do this and to do that. Stop conflating terms. The guy is not African, <laughs> and if he's American, that's you lot's business. South African, I'll begrudgingly accept, but to just loosely call him African, nah, you lot are mad. It's it has to be crack at this point. It has to be, but um, free speech as people see it, especially people like Elon Musk, it's just a way for them to say what they want to say without repercussions in terms of, um, like being hateful to other people and there being no consequences to that. And that is weird to me. He's like, oh, you know, the right will be angry and the left will be angry. People talk about this stuff as if it's just from a neutral standpoint. No, people are literally dying. People are literally dying. And so you can't just be pretending that, or everyone's the same and everyone just has a slightly different perspective. Because no, there are people who want people to live and there are people who clearly want people to die. So... I don't know what to make of this, but this is why I'm saying like, I'm going to be sending out my link in um, a little while for people to make sure that they've joined my mailing list, because when I move all of my content over to my dedicated website, where I'll be able to make like visual podcast episodes, or well, I'll, I'll be making those soon, to be honest, um, and just having my own mini TV channel on my own website, because Everything's getting mad out here. And as Pluto moves closer into entering into Aquarius, the internet just will not be a safe space for people to be on. I don't necessarily believe like it's a safe space now, but we've been able to have communities and create like the Twitter space that I did the other day with um, about Tim Westwood. We've been able to create things where we can have conversations and we can mobilize and we can do so many different things. And we have done over the years but we're clearly at the point now where that's going to get mad and people's identities won't be safe. And it's interesting that Elon Musk is talking about, you know, everybody has to be authenticated to be online. And I think that that would be good for people like Jesse and all the other ones that like to talk shit online about black women. But at the same time, He's understanding that his family's emeralds aren't as valuable as data. Data is the currency that everybody's aiming for. People want your personal information. That's what everybody is um, aiming for. And that is why he wants Twitter, because he wants more data. And he can, if he can force everybody who's on the platform to be verified, as it were, then he knows the true identity of every single person who's on that site, what they tweet, when they tweet, what time they do it, what they eat, how they spend their money, all of, the, um, all of those things. That is that is what he wants. It's our data. And that is scary. Um, so people are naturally probably going to move more towards either leaving Twitter or having more um, anonymous accounts on other platforms or something, because it's easier to bully you about where your stance is or what your stance is about political decisions if your full identity is known. Like, my government's been online forever, but I just think about the people who, for safety reasons, do not share their identity, and why it's being asked for now and what people want to do with it. Like I'm always saying, I don't know many things, but I'm curious, I'm curious. Anyway, Boris Becker, the tennis player, former tennis player, um, he's been jailed for 2.5 years for saying that he was bankrupt, Um, meant to have handed everything over to the courts, but he kept a young house in Germany, kept some cute, cute things here and there. They caught his clerk, and now he's going to go to jail for two and a half years. Ah, ooh, ah. Um, in another story, a British geologist was trying to take um, artifacts. He got found out for trying to take these artifacts, and now he could be facing the death penalty, is what I read. Let's see what it says here. Um, what does it say? A British man is facing the death penalty after attempting to smuggle historic artifacts from Iraq. Jim Fitton, a retired geologist had been visiting historical locations across the country with a tour group. Fragments of broken pottery had been found scattered on the ground at one of their stops, an archaeological site in Eridu. Um, Tour leaders told the group it would be safe to pocket the shards. OK, but according to Mr. Fitton's family, he was instead detained and is to go on trial in a matter of weeks. They have called the UK government to intervene and, ra- and arrange for his release. The 66-year-old's children, Joshua and Layla, wrote in an online petition, we think that our father may be put on trial the week commencing May 8th after Eid in Iraq. We have days to save him before sentencing and we need the foreign office to help by intervening in this case now. Our lawyer has drafted a proposal for cessation of the case and the immediate repatriation um, of our father, which requires the backing of um, of the Foreign Office to put the Iraqi uh, to put to the Iraqi ju- uh, judiciary, Mr. Tasker, Layla's husband, in a statement added, "Jim would often bring home small souvenirs from his trips to remember the journey by and share his experiences with us. To him, this was no more significant than bringing home a small stone from the beach to remember a special family holiday. The items are widely agreed to be valueless." This is the offence that now sees my father-in-law, um, my father-in-law facing a potential death sentence under Article 41 of the Iraqi Artifacts Law Number 55 of 2002. A German man who had visited a redo with the same group on March 10th has reportedly been arrested Weira Hobhouse, MP for Bath, it has raised the issue in the House of Commons on behalf of her constituents, Mr. and Mrs. Tasker. She said, the situation surrounding Jim Fitton and his German counterpart is deeply worrying and my thoughts are with them and their families during this difficult period. From speaking with Jim's family, it is clear that he would not intentionally disrespect or appropriate the rich and fascinating fascinating culture of the region. I've written to the Foreign Office, been in touch with the consulate support services and contacted the minister's office directly. But so far, the response has been disappointing. Um, foreign Office Minister Amanda Milling in a letter to Miss um, Hobhouse on Thursday said, we are. We understand the urgency of the case and have already raised our concerns with the Iraqi authorities regarding the possible imposition of the death penalty uh, penalty in Mr. Fitton's case and the UK's opposition to the death penalty in all circumstances as a matter of principle. The online petition calling for Mr. Fitton's release has um, had amassed 1,591 signatures by 10am this morning and that was the other day that was on Friday 29th of April. Um, Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think that Iraq has a next beef with Britain because if you've been told it would be different if he like snuck the thing and he wasn't told that he could have it. But if they've been like, no, you can take it. It doesn't mean anything. Then I don't see why he's being detained. It's giving spy. It's giving, it's giving like, it's everything feels like it's not as it seems. Um, Iraq have clearly, and I, you know, I'm saying they've got some kind of problem with the UK. I can guess what the problems are historically. Um, and this just feels like what happened to Nazanin. Well, not the same, but do you get what I mean? Like, the UK aggravates these countries, takes the piss out of these countries, and then expects that there won't be a retaliation, even if it feels like in the most random way. I just hope that Jim's Okay. Um, And they figure this out because that is a wild state of affairs, to be honest. Um, So, yeah, I guess that's that for um, So You Mad. So before I jump to straw of the week, I'll just pick up the uh, second of this week's show sponsors who are ExpressVPN. This podcast is sponsored by ExpressVPN. So earlier I was telling you lot that I really, really, really need you to watch the um, Tim Westwood documentary. If you haven't watched it already, and some people will be like, "Oh my God, I can't watch it because I live in America." I live in America. Well, you can watch it because if you have Express VPN, you just set your location to say that you live in the UK, and you just um, you know get the BBC iPlayer app, and you can watch it. Like I need everyone to watch it because I need all of the vim for this this guy like things need to be done like we have to protect black girls um and that's why um, express um, express vpn is useful because your internet activity is shielded their app um, their app works by rerouting your um, 100% of your network data through their secure encrypted servers to keep your activity private um, Yeah, it's just if you ever find that you lose your connection, for instance, and it's like, oh no, I won't be able to watch my things, um, the data that you're transferring will be immediately stopped from entering or leaving your device to keep your privacy from being compromised, Um, but then as soon as everything is back up and running again, you get back on with your things and you can do what you like and they won't even know that you aren't in the UK. Um, all it takes is one easy tap of a button for ExpressVPN to secure all of your devices. So stop letting, um, you know, distance or different countries stop you from getting involved in the dragging of somebody that is needed to be dragged for a while. Take back your privacy at the same time and your freedom at expressvpn.com slash straws. And get three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash straws. ExpressVPN dot com slash straws. Go and get involved. Go and do all of the things. And watch the Tim Westwood documentary immediately. Anyway, let's get on to Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum. All right. So for this week on Straw of the Week, I want to kind of zoom through everything quickly Um, My first straw goes out to the motherfuckers that stole the blue bridge plaque um, that was put out um, to commemorate the first um, black person. I think the first black man um, who um, had an unfortunate interaction with the police is the best way to put it. It says here the theft of a blue plaque honoring a British Nigerian man who drowned after he was chased by police is being treated as a hate crime. The memorial to David Oluwale um, Oluwale, um, uh, on Leeds Bridge disappeared just hours after it was officially unveiled on Monday. Members of the campaign group who lobbied for its installation said it had been prized off the wall and taken. West Yorkshire police said the timing of the theft suggested it was deliberately targeted at the plaque commemorating Mr. Oluwale, um, Oluwale, Oluwale, Oluwale. Oluwale, sorry, I had to make sure I got that right in my head, had been placed near the spot where he entered the River Air in 1969. An unveiling ceremony organized by Leeds Civic Trust ended at about 7 p.m. on Monday. Uh, Police said and the theft is thought to have occurred between 9.30 and 10am. Volunteers using a powerful magnet to search for the plaque in the river inadvertently found a grenade, wow, causing the evacuation of supermarket chain Asda's nearby headquarters on Tuesday afternoon. Dr. Emily Zobel-Marshall, co-founder of the David Oluwale Memorial Association, said she was devastated by the plaque's disappearance. What is so bad is that it was such an uplifting event and brought in such an intergenerational, diverse crowd. And it is a blow, but it doesn't stop us in our tracks. A um, a um, A spate of racist graffiti... Um, at the Civic Trust offices and on the bridge prior to the theft led her to believe it was targeted, she said. Leeds has changed for the better, but this is a clear mark that Leeds hasn't changed enough. Um, she said the society planned to replace the missing plaque and the theft had strengthened our de- dedication to try and make Leeds a better place. Chief Superintendent Damien Miller um, said the tr- that the truly appalling theft would have a significant impact on all those involved in keeping David's memory alive and on the wider community. Leeds Bridge is in a busy area in the heart of the city centre, and we would urge anyone who witnessed any suspicious activity or who has any information that could assist the investigation to contact us immediately. Um, last month, the David Oluwale Bridge was installed after the ri- um, over the river um, over the River Air, in what the City Council said was a lasting reminder of the importance of equality and inclusion. Who was David Oluwale? Well, David Oluwale migrated from Nigeria in August um, from Nigeria in August 1949, hiding in a cargo ship um, destined for Hull. He spent his first, his final two years homeless in Leeds city centre, routinely, mentally and physically abused by two police officers. In the early hours of 18th of April 1969, he was chased onto a bridge over the River Aire, and his body was found in the water two weeks later. Two officers were later jailed for a series of assaults, but justice and civil rights campaigners said their trial presented a deliberately negative portrayal um, of Mr. Oluwale as a social nuisance and i hear that like justice for um, mr oluwale and they say that he drowned um but you know what fuck those police officers in it fuck those police officers they can suck their mothers forever and whoever stole it i i wouldn't be surprised if somehow they i don't want to make i, I would fling about accusations but it wouldn't shock me if people like, oh, this makes police officers look bad, and it's a police officer that took it. But it could have just been any stupid body, any fucking idiot of a person could have taken it. Um, moving on to another fucking idiot, Neil Parrish um, has now resigned after he was caught watching porn in the houses of power, uh, Parliament. It says here... Neil Parrish has told the BBC he's resigning as an MP after, he wa- um, after admitting he watched pornography twice in Parliament. Mr Parish, who, represent- who has represented Tiverton and Honington, Honington in Devon since 2010, said it had been a moment of madness. But how can it be a moment of madness when you did it twice? That sounds like two moments. Thus, it seems like it's a life of madness. But I won't even let you have the madness, No. This is just privilege. This is caucasity at its finest. He said the first time was accidental after looking at a tractor website, but the second time in the House of of Commons was deliberate. He was suspended by the Conservative Party on Friday over the allegations. Two female colleagues claimed they had seen him looking at adult content on his phone while sitting near them. In an exclusive interview with BBC Southwest, Mr Parrish said, the situation was that, funnily enough, It was tractors I was looking at. I did get into another website that had very similar name and I watched it for a bit, which I shouldn't have done. But my crime, biggest crime, is that on that other occasion, I I went in a second time. He admitted that the second time had been deliberate and that it happened in the House of Commons while he was sitting waiting to vote. Mr. Parrish said that he did uh, what he did was absolutely, totally wrong, adding, I will have to live... With this for the rest of my life, I made a huge, terrible mistake and I'm here to tell the world. He said it was a moment of madness, but denied watching the material in a way where he hoped other people would see it, saying he was trying to be discreet. I was wrong what I was doing but this idea that I was there watching it intimidating women I mean I have 12 years in parliament and probably got one of the best reputations ever or did have he said asked about why he decided to watch the material in the commons Mr Parrish said he did not know and that he must have been taking complete leave of that he must have taken complete leave of my senses and sense of decency. He appeared emotional as he said he was standing down after seeing the funeral and um, damage that it was causing his family, his constituency and local association. I was wrong. I was stupid. I lost sense of mind, he said, adding that he was making a total full apology for his actions. Fuck you. Fuck you, you raggedy bitch. You were waiting to vote. You were waiting to vote. And you thought, you know what? While I'm waiting to vote, let me see some vagina. Right? Vote or vagina. That is what, that, those were your choices in that moment as far as you were concerned. And you were just like, you know what? I choose vagina. You are a raggedy, raggedy human being, my God. Even the gilet that you're wearing over your, your, your shirt as you're doing this interview, you just look like a wayward guy. You just look like a wayward, wayward guy. Tractors. Even if you were looking at tractors, is this a time to be looking at tractors? People are dying, Neil. People are dying, Pussy Parish. People are dying. Pussy Purveyor Parish. People are dying. And you said, you know what? I don't give a damn. Right now, I need to see some pom pum. People are houseless. People are starving. People aren't getting the right help in terms of their disabilities. People aren't even getting a basic, like universal income. None of that. And you went, you know what? None of that matters. I'm just going to go and watch some porn. Like tractors. Even if you were looking at tractors in the first time, the first time round, why are you looking at tractors when people's lives are being debated, when people's livelihoods, that like all of that is happening? You said, no, I don't give a shit about that. And you're talking about, oh, I've got 20 years or whatever, however many years of a clean record and a great reputation. No, you just weren't caught because this doesn't feel like the, no, 12 years in parliament, that's it. You just weren't caught when you did it the other times. That's all it was. You just weren't caught. And you know that two women are sitting on either side, or women are sitting on either side of you and you're watching that. That is an intimidating act. That is a misogynistic act. Trying to assert your power and like how, how f- like commonly you see their body is the best way I can describe it. Nah. You can suck your mother. You can suck your mother. And anybody else that doesn't take their job, job seriously all of you can get the fuck out too. Michelle, what's her name? Michelle Moan, um, her home was raided um, after investigation was done into the PPE that she was providing. Like, everything is so corrupt. Everything is so corrupt. Like, you got a 200 million, you got a 200 million pound contract for PPE that's faulty, that you you never even delivered. But you got 200 million because you are a peer with those in parliament. If this was a Nigerian, if this was Nigeria, if this was any other African country, we would be told about how look at the corruption, these people are despicable. Look at them. Oh my God, we have to go and teach them civilization. But look at what you are doing. It's just wild. It's just ridiculous at this point. I don't even have the words to say more than that. But my last straw of the week um, goes out to preeti Patel. And the police officers, again, involved in this situation. It says here, a woman has described how her 17-year-old black British son was found at an immigration detention centre after going missing while being treated for psychosis. The boy, who is non-verbal, disappeared from a hospital in Kent, where he had been sectioned under the Mental Health Act on 7th of April. Two days later, he was arrested by British Transport Police at Euston, on suspicion of fair evasion before being detained by immigration enforcement near Gatwick, despite being British. It's just horrific, the boy's mother said, because he's black. They just assumed, let's pick him up and put him in a deportation centre. When the boy was returned to the hospital, his clothes contained home office documents that incorrectly stated his name and date of birth and recorded his nationality as Nigerian. How do they know he's from Nigeria when he doesn't even speak to them, the woman said of her son. When the hospital became aware of this disappearance, the family, local police, and BTP were notified. The woman said, and he was listed as a missing person. It is unclear where the boy went in the days before his arrest. He is understood to have traveled to Manchester, where the family had previously lived, before trying to return to London without a phone, money, or identification. On the morning of 9th of April, British Transport Police said they were notified of a fair evader on board a London-bound train from Manchester. In a statement, British Transport Police said the male provided a false name and date of birth, stating he was 20. He's non-verbal, so how did he do that? He literally doesn't speak, so how did he do that? So, yes, again, you lot are lying. At Euston, he was arrested on suspicion of fare evasion and taken to police custody in Islington. According to British Transport Police, where officers were unable to engage with the mail or verify the details provided despite their efforts, which included attending the address provided. The uh, boy's fingerprints were then taken and he was detained by immigration enforcement. Documents apparently prepared at the detention center had, and seen by the Guardian incorrectly state his name and date of birth and record his nationality as Nigerian. They describe him as a person who requires leave to enter or remain in the country, which he does not have. On one document, it states his removal from the UK was imminent as he had failed to give satisfactory or reliable answers to immigration officers. The boy is a British citizen and has never left the UK. His mother said he would not have been able to say his date of birth properly and would never have said he was from Nigeria. This week, a British Transport Police commander told her that they, when they searched the Kent address the boy had provided, they discovered a Nigerian family living there. She was told that officers gathered the boy um, gathered the boy was from Nigerian background, as he had the same accent as the residents. She contested this statement, describing her son's accent when he does rarely when he does rarely speak as Mancunian and London. James Wilson, Deputy Director of Detention Action, which works with people facing removal and um, said unaccompanied minors or children under the age of 18 should not be in detention in the first place. In theory, detention should be an absolute last resort rather than an early step you would go to, he said. A Home Office spokesperson said, we rely on information provided by our policing partners when an individual is referred to immigration enforcement in this case the individual declared himself to be british um dis- declared himself to british transport police to be an adult male police nurses assessed him and raised no physical or mental health issues the spokesperson said the individual gave no further information to immigration enforcement and once his true identity had been established he was returned to care into the care of mental health services british transport police said they were reviewing the incident internally Re- review it internally in your souls And within your departments Because you lot are fucking idiots the, the boy is nonverbal, So I don't know how he gave you all of that information That you claim that he gave you Even on the rare occasion that he might speak You lot are such raggedy liars Everybody's a liar And this is your racism showing This is your anti-blackness showing front and centre And for that all of you need to suck your mothers Because my god what if you deported the boy What if you deported him And nobody knew where he was How many other people have you done this to Preeti Patel, suck out. British Transport Police, you can suck out too. Because immigration enforcement, you can suck out for an eternity. This is just ridiculous. This is disgusting. And another thing I wanted to say about Neil Parish, Pum Pum Parish, Pum Pum Purveyor Parrish, is that how dare you? It's the way that initially they didn't, even want us to, they didn't even want to tell us the identity of the MP that did this fuckery. It only got revealed after, you know, the, the pressure was mounting and mounting and mounting. They didn't want to say who it was who had been watching porn. Why are you protecting people to that extent? Why are you protecting an MP that is paid for with taxpayer money, who's clearly not doing what the taxpayers re- require him to do? Why are you protecting him to that extent? You've got other um, MPs who are fighting for their, um, their constituents, um, families who are detained in Iraq. And meanwhile, you are here watching porn. It'll never be well for you. All of you lot, you are just useless. The government as a whole, right now, useless. Fucking useless. You all need to suck out for an eternity. Anyway, that's that for this week's episode. I feel like I covered so much and I've just been here with my braids hurting and my mouth tired, just exhausted from being here um, with the full uh, with the eclipse in Taurus. I just need some sleep and go and get some food now before everywhere closes. But it's been real you can follow me on at collection and car for at say your mind pod. You can send your letters, your tarot letters, your tarot questions, rather your letters, share your magnificence. So you're mad straw of the week voice notes, send it all to S Y M at collection Um, and yeah, that's it. I've been collection Carfor, car for, and this has been S Y M officially known as say your mind unofficially known as what, what that's right. Suck your mum. Anyway, catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the for Brunani woman Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea We gonna sip it Hard time scolding for your long trots You might learn something you yeah, never know, know. let you find, and she's one of a kind Don't say you're mine, say you're mine